Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day. We got it back, Francesca, back in the building. It has been <laughs> way too long, Rebel HQ contributor and superstar in many arenas. Top story of the day, Florida done done it. They are now mandating, mandating that schools teach slavery as beneficial. Let's go to the first video. Do not, do not for the love of God, tell kids that slavery was beneficial because I can guarantee you it most certainly was not. Thank you. Education and civil rights advocates are slamming new black history teaching standards in Florida. Under the new rules, middle school teachers must now include lessons, quote, how slaves developed skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. It's inaccurate, it's ahistorical. Critics are calling this a big step backwards and saying it's a disservice to Florida students because they're not gonna learn the full truth and the full accurate truth of American history. This is insanity on top of insanity. Parents, advocates, of all different backgrounds proclaimed, this is wrong, do not do it. None of them listen, why? Because they are under the direction of a madman named Governor Ron DeSatan. And they themselves are feckless leaders in positions of authority. Here it is. And I am very concerned by these standards, especially some of the notion that you know enslaved people benefited from being enslaved um, is an accurate and a scary standard for us to establish in our educational curriculum. The proposed changes specifically for elementary and middle school students leave out the last 150 years of black history, where black history is taught provides a simplified and sterilized version of history. The new standards suggest that violence by black residents in defense of their lives and homes as they were surrounded by armed mobs and flames and as they were forced to flee their homes or be shot or burned are to be included as a seemingly equal part of the standard. This is egregious if you understand what happened to the black residents in Ocoee in 1920. Um, first of all, I want to say uh, any kind of standards that indicate that slavery benefited black people is such an insult. My husband is black. My daughter is black. And the thought that slavery benefited them, how could that be taught? The fact that the pushback to reconstruction benefited them, the fact that Jim Crow benefited them. How can we teach that to students? How can someone look at a child with a straight face and say that slavery benefited black people? All right, members, we have, we have the motion on the table to approve the two rules. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Aye, all opposed nay. Show the amendment approved. Um, members, we're going to take a 10-minute uh, break, and then uh, we'll be back. This is adverse to the sentiment of majority, the majority of Americans. They do not agree with this. The majority of white America does not agree with this curriculum adoption. Obviously, black American, black Americans do not agree. But let's count the hypocrisy in all of this. As I said from day one, this is the plan of Governor DeSatan to eliminate diversity, to eliminate inclusion. He is literally making conversations at the kitchen table of racist law. This is what racist people say inside of their homes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what black people are upset about. I mean, you know, it's a lot of benefits they receive from slavery. Mm -hmm. Here's another hypocrisy. 
they're not teaching how slavery or the criminal murderous enterprise known as slavery. They're not teaching how it benefited white slave masters, nor their descendants. They're only teaching it in the context of how it benefited black people, enslaved Africans who are ripped from their homelands, denied their opportunity of individualism, made to benefit one entity alone, wealthy white men. Let's go to it. Middle school, middle school students in Florida will soon be taught that slavery gave black people a, and I quote, personal benefit because they developed skills. After the Florida Board of Education approved new standards for African American history on Wednesday, high school students will be taught an equally distorted message that a deadly white mob attack against black residents of Ocoee, Florida in 1920 included acts of violence perpetrated against and by African Americans. Dozen of black residents were killed in the massacre, which was perpetrated to stop them from voting. According to members of the board, that distorted portrayal of the racist massacre is factually accurate. Marilyn Marger, a member of the board appointed by none other than Governor Ron DeSantis, said at the board's meeting in Orlando on Wednesday that everything is there in the new history standards and the darkest parts of our history are addressed. The Tallahassee Democrat reported a majority of the speakers who provided public testimony on the planned curriculum are opposed to it, warning that crucial context is omitted, atrocities are glossed over. And in some cases, students were taught to actually blame the victim being black people. I am very concerned by these standards, especially some of the notion that enslaved people benefited from being enslaved. Can I say this? What the hell is Biden saying about it? Mm. Hell, we have a vice president that is a person of color. Is there a massive, massive, messaging campaign against this type of insanity in our nation. No, it is not. Democrats are very good at making you feel like, you know, well, we feel with you and this is outrageous. There's more. When I see the standards, I am very concerned, says State Representative Thompson. Very concerned. If I were still a professor, I would do what I did very infrequently. I'd have to give this a grade I for incomplete. It recognizes that we have made an effort, we've taken a step. However, this history needs to be comprehensive, it needs to be authentic, and it needs additional work. When you look at the history currently, it suggests that the that the Okoye massacre was sparked by violence from African Americans. That's blaming the victim, the Democrat warned. The Florida governor signed the Stop Woke Act last year to just do that, restricting how issues of race are taught in public schools and workplaces, and keeping with the administration's Crusade against wokeness. Education Commissioner Manny Diaz defended the new standards against against criticism, saying, "Quote: This is an in-depth, deep dive into African American history, which is clearly American history, as Governor DeSantis has said, and what Florida has done to expand it." Paul Burns, the Florida Department of Education's Chancellor of K through 12 Public Education, 
also insisted the new standards provide an exhaustive representation of African American history. Our standards are factual, objective standards that really teach the good, the bad and the ugly. He was quoted as saying Wednesday by the Florida Phoenix, he denied the new standards portray slavery as beneficial. Although education officials say teachers are meant to expand upon the new curriculum in the classroom, critics say teachers are unlikely to do that for fear of being singled out, possibly punished for being too woke. The Florida Education Association, the state's largest teachers union, called the new standards, quote, a big backward, a big step backward for, for our state that has required teaching African American history since 1994. In a statement after Wednesday's vote, Derek Johnson, president and CEO of the, of the NAACP, also condemned the new curriculum, saying in a statement, our children deserve nothing less than truth, justice, and the equity our ancestors shed blood, sweat, and tears for. Today's action by the Florida state government are an attempt to bring our country back to a 19th century America where black life was not valued, nor our rights protected. It is imperative that we understand that the horrors of slavery and Jim Crow were a violation of human rights and represent the darkest period in American history. We refuse to go back. The head of the NAACP said, next time somebody says, what did they mean by make America great again? Please understand they are providing the answer front and center right now. This is the thoughts. Yeah, it's historical erasure. And if that weren't bad enough, it what it truly does is show just how racist and white supremacist Ron DeSantis, his regime and this country is ultimately. Because it's not about, it's not just about, okay, we're not teaching it accurately. This is about teaching that there are two sides to slavery and they're equal. This is about teaching the idea, the fallacy that somehow white slaveholders benefited just as much as the enslaved people that they were keeping against their will and at the you know uh, the the hand of a whip right like at the end of a whip like that's that is the idea and again we are flirting with the idea that black americans are to blame that africans are to blame for their own enslavement because it is somehow deserving and you know i mean and they got things too and they were ungrateful you know pretty soon florida's going to start teaching like well you know africans started the insula- you know enslaving Af- other africans way before the white man like we are literally there that's what's going to happen next and this is all like good luck good luck let me tell you this Good luck telling middle schoolers and high schoolers that slavery benefited black people. Because let me tell you, even though their leaders and the adults in the room are not holding up their end of the bargain, these students will be discussing this. They are woke themselves. They're gonna fight against this. They're gonna bring up these real questions in the classroom. So if nothing else, the silver lining to me is they're gonna push back on it themselves. What are you gonna do? You're gonna expel them for you know questioning that slavery was beneficial? To black people? What happened to parental choice? Can a parent, can a black parent complain and all of a sudden this curriculum is taken out of the system? No. Guarantee you, they will still mandate this protocol. This is one of the most extreme examples of what we have been warning people about. 
And even moderate Republicans decided to be silent publicly, knowing good and damn well what this man was planning to bring. It is now here. We will bring updates as they come. All right, very interesting saga. Tupac, murdered 1996. All of a sudden, there are, well, rumblings of a search warrant connected to his death. Let's put it up full mass. Authorities have searched a home in Las Vegas, Nevada, as part of an ongoing investigation into the unsolved murder of Tupac Shakur. 25 year old artist was gunned down in a drive by shooting on September 7th, 1996. This was at the intersection of Flamingo Road and Covell Lane after tending a Mike Tyson fight. According to ABC 7 News, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department served a search warrant at a home in a city about 15 miles from Las Vegas. LVMPD can confirm a search warrant was served in Henderson, Nevada on July 17th, 2023 as part of the ongoing Tupac Shakur homicide investigation, read the statement. We will have no further comment at this time. The outlet also obtained video footage that shows individuals coming out of the home with their hands in the air after being ordered by police. However, no arrests have been made, no charges have been filed. Authorities were looking for laptops, computers, and articles about the rap legend's death. The current investigation and evidence are being presented to a grand jury and could lead to the discovery of the accomplice who was in the same car as the individual who fired the gun. The latter being presumed to be dead from another shooting two years after Tupac's death. There's more. The search warrant reportedly involves Kefi D, a former gang member and the alleged uncle of the gunman, Orlando Anderson, according to a Los Angeles outlet news now. Over the years, he has discussed this openly. Uh, I think there's actually a book about it on various interviews and books such as 2019 work, Compton Street Legend. He contradicted himself and I wanna stop at this point. There's a video where he's literally asked about a quote in the book and he says that didn't happen. Mm. And then the person says, but it's, it's right here in your book and he reads it and he says, "Oh, now that leads me to believe he didn't really write the book. All right, and that has not been answered totally yet. Let me go back to the report. It says uh, no other information was provided by the authorities. But the news is a shock to many after the Dear Mama artist murder went unsolved for so many years. A lot of speculation as to who was involved. Shakur was riding in an SUV with Suge Knight when he was shot several times by an unknown assailant or multiple individuals. He died in the hospital six days later. Knight was also shot in the head, but survived and the crime was never solved. Social media users reacted to news about the search warrant and the latest update in the two decades long case. It took them 27 years to finally find the actual shooter. Really? Come on, bruh, wrote one fan. Yeah, this is only like 27 years late, added another. If this was some random white woman, they would have solved it in one week. Noted a third social media user. A fourth said, we already know who did it, so what's the point? Shakur's 
final final studio album, All Eyes On Me. It's been two weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 in the number one spot. Since his death, the late rapper has released six additional albums and sold 33 million singles worldwide. And his on-demand video and audio streams total more than 10 billion. Um, and I know some would say, well, All Eyes On Me was not his last album. It was his last album while he was living, okay? All right. <laughs> this is a hell of a saga, hell of a story. You know, series have been done about this, movies, not great ones have been done about this. Um, a lot of conversation has been had about it. Now they're ser- serving a warrant, but not saying anything to the public. What say you? I mean, look, I will never uh, <laughs> look. If police are doing police work, good. That is, uh, you know, probably another innocent, unarmed black person who is not being harassed at this moment. Um, so I say, fine. I mean, you know, Dr. Richie, we live in this weird time where it takes documentaries and podcasts for you know cold cases to be reopened, and in a lot of cases, solved. Right? You're like, why are these journalists doing the work of police? And again, when he was killed, and in the moment he was killed, and the East Coast, West Coast, you know battle uh, uh, that was happening and raging in that time allowed the media and sort of a white dominant media and police force to chalk it up to all gang violence. You know, and yeah. it was convenient for, for the narrative at the time. So look, if there's an accomplice in the car who, who is still alive, who can be found, absolutely we should know what was going on and who that person is. It is very convenient that the person who apparently did pull the trigger died also in an act of gang violence a couple years later. But so I think everyone, we need to get to the bottom of this case. And yeah, it's never too late for justice. And I'm sure his family feels the same way. Yeah, and I will say this for the record, the media has blood on their hands for both Tupac and Biggie. By creating an extreme narrative of brutal gang conflict, these individuals, they had beef. They used to be friends, at least they rocked with each other at one point. But the media made it so damn sensational mm-hmm. that it got everybody caught up in this East versus West. It takes Snoop Dogg to break it down properly. And then when disaster happened, everybody looked to gang violence when a lot of the evidence pointed to police violence. Now I'm saying that for the record too. And how many officers in particular in the LAPD were members of gangs themselves. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll bring you updates as they come. Exclusive, indisputable, has received information about a worker who was basically fired on the spot for not identifying himself quick enough to a person he did not know. Here's the first video. Excuse me? Ma'am, listen, I'm about to get out of here. I just explained to the higher ups over your head that that I feel very threatened. Please don't do that. Just leave me alone, let me get out of the building. Just leave me alone and let me get out of the building. You want conflict, I'm trying to get up out of here. Just let me clock out, just let me clock out. We passed that now, just let me clock out. Here's what I wanna do, I wanna go to the picture full mask. Let's put that picture up now. I'm going to give you more background, we have more video. I want to explain 
what is happening? A man was fired from his maintenance job at a theater for not identifying himself to his general manager, the new general manager. Andrew Davis had never met the new general manager at United Entertainment in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. When she arrived during his shift and asked him to identify himself, he hesitated. He didn't know who she was, there was nothing official on her persons. Mr. Davis told us, quote, I asked the woman if I could help her. And she responded with, who are you? In a very aggressive tone while continuing to walk up on me. Again, I asked who she was and she threatened to then call the police. I told her I was maintenance, I work here. She said, not anymore, you're done. I asked her what she meant and she informed me that she was the general manager and that I should have told her who I was when she asked. Let's go to the next video, here it is. Very disrespectful. If I was white, you would have never said none of this. Yeah, right, yeah, that's true, that's true. You don't know me neither, but obviously I had the key to get in this building and I punched the code in. And I did exactly what I was supposed to do was to ask whoever come through the door, just like it was a, a, uh, somebody who was a contractor, I would have asked them the same thing. What are you doing here? And I asked you the same thing, and I asked you the same. I'm not the general manager here, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the maintenance man, and I was trying to let you know. Yeah, that's cool. Just so you know it, it was recorded the whole time. Send out the corporate. That's great. Let me give you the additional statement provided to us by Mr. Andrew Davis. Quote, I was profiled, he says, and discriminated against because I was a black man in an empty building who was told to identify himself while at work. Please keep in mind, put up the GM again. According to the information received, her name is Bridget Creech. Mr. Davis was following the standard protocol by asking a stranger, who are you? Can I help you? In return, according to him, she threatened to call the police and then terminated him. Mr. Davis then reached out to higher management for support and was told they would look into the situation. Let's put it up. The response, hi, Andrew, thanks for reaching out. We will look into your concerns. You mentioned that you recorded video after the initial confrontation. Can you email me that file? Hmm. Good for him, he emailed it to me. A month later, he has not been contacted by anyone according to him. We reached out to United Entertainment Corporation for comment. They decided not to, doesn't change a damn thing over here. So at this point, I got your attention. So you know it's serious, okay? To fire a person because they made a good faith mistake by following the protocols that are established likely by corporate to say, uh, may I help you? Um, who are you, etc. By firing that person, it shows your, well, let's just say disrespect and disregard 
for that man and his job. I've had the very same thing happen to me. I have had people who did not know who I was, said something to question why I was there. They authentically had made a mistake. It's simple. It's not some something to fire somebody over. Never. If you would have simply said, listen, I'm the general manager. My name is Bridget. It's good to meet you. Who are you? He would have then identified himself. But that's not the tone you decided to take with him. So forgive me for not taking a courteous tone with you. Once again, you do have the opportunity to rebut by the statement. Hell, I even invite you on the show, Bridget. Let's do it. This is the thoughts. I don't think she's gonna show up at all. I mean, she didn't identify herself either. This is the main thing. Like, right. in order to ask someone who they are, you need to establish that you have some sort of authority to even ask that question. That's right. So it was on her to say, so I'm the general manager here, just wondering, um, you know, I don't think we've met. Easy, fine, perfectly normal. And she could have switched as soon as she realized. Oh man, maybe I racially profiled this guy cuz you know that little voice in her head probably said something like that. I don't know. And and she could have switched. Switch courses, girl. Just turn it around. I'm so sorry. Good to meet you. I'm Bridget. That's all you have to do. Here's what I'm going to say. Under this Supreme Court and in the legal world we now live in, right? This man would have had a case, yep. you know, uh, uh like a few years ago, but now no longer now we live in a world where it is okay to discriminate against your very own employees and this man who should have a case who should absolutely sue who should bring this and forward and 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 escalate it all the way up you know yep. um now we have a court that says no instead a woman who Absolutely nothing happened to her. She just thought maybe a gay couple was gonna solicit her services for a website for their same sex marriage. That woman gets her case heard before the Supreme Court and gets a ruling in her favor. So you know what I'm saying? Like these are the things that feel like everything feels so divorced from our real lives. They're not. And especially if you are a minority, if you're a black American, if you're a LGBTQ plus American, these are the details. This is why we need protection against discrimination in the workplace. That's right, let's put up the picture of Bridget one more time. The irony of this saga cannot be overstated. Justice Clarence Thomas was in charge of the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission at one time in his professional life. To Bridget, you are the general manager. It is your responsibility to know who the employees are. And as a leader, you should have accepted the role fully. But because you chose to blame somebody else for not knowing who the hell you are. You don't look like a general manager to me. That's just my opinion. I would have asked you a question too, and I don't even work there. The fact that you could not simply say who you were, identify yourself properly because obviously, the gentleman did not know and allow it to be a good faith mistake. You have now allowed it to blow up into this. Let's rumble. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. We appreciate you all so much, not just for tuning in, but for being engaged, engaged in your community, engaged 
in the issues engaged in changing policy so that we can have better world. Not only for us, but for those to come after us. All right, let's go to, this is great, a lot of comments. Mo Fury says, dear Florida, mirrors are not windows. Stop claiming to speak for all Americans. Just because you think you look cool saying this stupidity as you brush your hair in the morning. There you go. Um, G, G Houston, how did enslaved benefit benefited when they were killed if they learned to read and write? They came with skills from Africa. They did come with skills from Africa. I have to remind people sometimes that the greatest mathematical and archeological finds are in Africa. All right, YouTube, purple. Pegasus 2531, thank you for that. Hey, Dr. Richie and Francesca. Hi. Saying, hey, saying victims acquire skills during child slavery ignores the fact that they were surgeons, midwives, builders, teachers, black citizens, farmers, business owners. That's right, all before being trafficked, 100% true. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Can't even say that slavery was only beneficial to black people only when it ended. When you look at the lack of generational wealth and over policing of black people, I can't even say that. Mm-hmm. And then Mikey, uh, 3343, thank you so much, Mikey, for that support. No honest conversation about addressing the atrocities inflicted through slavery, Jim Crow, etc., can begin without reparations. Meanwhile, in Florida, the governor is going to start trying to collect payment for the on the job training that slaves received. <coughs> wow. Locks, dim fire. Thank you about the exclusive. Since that brother was just following the protocol of the establishment, then it isn't really a mistake. Now is it? That's right, technically not a mistake. He simply followed the rules. And Arkeen Juan Garcia, member for 13 months, thank you so much for your continued support. Thanks Dr. Dr. Richard for bringing us these important news items. Mainstream never covers, despicable DeSantis, that's right. And JR, welcome to Indisputable, thank you so much. Got something for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're still French! Back off! I've had trouble with an African-American man threatening my life. Damn. The hell? <laughs> play, play that again. I'm trying to see something. Play it again. Damn. 
Well, this has been making rounds on social media. I've watched a couple of times. I still cannot make heads or tails as to what was happening. I will say this, it seemed as if the spirit of Karenicity was jumping from one group to the next. People mm-hmm. that did not seem to be connected to the conflict, all of a sudden were in the conflict. And then the camera go this way and that way. And then there's somebody else who has now engaged in the conflict. And then it took a person out of a wheelchair or scooter um, who looked as if they could use their legs, at least in that moment. I don't know what to make of this. Um, that's why I got help. Francesca, <laughs> you got any thoughts on this? Oh yeah, let me explain. So uh, the one group of Karens, the woman on the rascal with like the karate outfit that was like mm-hmm. bedazzled. Here's what I'm I'm thinking. She was scoping out like the same slot machine uh-huh. and watching the girl with the thong, uh, pretty much no on no pants on, which I right. guess you can do now in Vegas. All, all bets are off. She's watching her at the slot machine, going, going, going. Then she finally gives up. Lady in the thong. She rascals in there, pulls it, and gets the jackpot. And I think it is a you. <laughs> I warmed up the machine for you, brawl. It's probably a brawl over just like someone got the wrong cocktail, but like I want to go deeper than this. This is, look, I've heard that Vegas post pandemic is like all bets are off. I'm so happy that hotel workers there are unionized and they are getting paid well because people do not know how to act. They never knew how to act in Vegas and they definitely don't know how to act now in Vegas. I don't know, Dr. Richie, the, the end of that video always made, it just makes me a little weirded out, which is like, you know, the security guard jumping on the woman with like no pants on. But You're like, right, he was quick to jump on. I mean, he did that fast. He did that fast. Yeah. All right. So we don't know. Jury still out. Could be cackle of care situation. We don't know yet. We will determine as it develops, which it probably <laughs> will not. Okay. Now, this is one of the saddest most dangerous things you will see. A woman catches a man, according to her, spiking, spiking her drink. I want you to see the video, here it is. Much as this guy put something in my drink at a club. Now, some people said, well, that is staged and they blamed her um, or said, well, both of them must be acting. And here's the next video. So I did not stage this video. I've been like roofie twice, so I would know better than to make light of a situation like that. But for context, in the moment, I did not know that like he had put something in my drink. I just watched the video back today and I was like, oh my God, I did not see that this had happened. In the moment, I was just like really upset 
that he spilled the drink on me. And also because like throughout the whole night, he was like trying to dance with me or touch me or like just following me around. And my friend had to tell him to stop like several times. So when the spill happened, I was just like really frustrated because almost the whole night we'd been telling him to stop and he didn't. Um, so it was not staged and I guess it seems like he was very obvious now in hindsight and I understand like, you know, you should watch a drink, but because the drink was right in front of me and my phone was right in front of me, I just assumed a level of safety, which clearly I shouldn't have. Um, so that's why I didn't like, I obviously didn't take my eyes off the drink or like, you know, turn around. It was right in front of me, right in front of the phone at all times. And the phone was very visible. So like I saw, I felt that that was also a deterrent for something like that happening. But yeah, I am fine though, because um, after you spilled the drink, I didn't take the second drink. I just like walked away after security came. So fortunately I was fine. And then I left shortly after that, I went home. So yeah. Let's put her picture up for a mask, uh, despite the explanation. Commenter Steele victim blamed her. So first they said, this is, this is just staged. How could you not see that? And then after she explained what happened, what she was actually reacting to, she was not reacting to what people assumed she was reacting to. She was reacting to a spilled drink which garnered a different type of reaction. She did not know according to her that anyone had done that to the drink. She realized it later. She simply thought he was a goofy guy that was bothering her. Uh, And she had to seek help from a friend. After review of the video, she realized he tried to put or he did put something in her drink. And that was, was the explanation. So the, you know, antagonist changed their narrative to, well, it's still your fault. All right. Very sad, we do not have more information other than this. I wanna say that for the record and we are obviously open to any additional information that anyone may have, including the person who was accused, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously let's let's hear from him. What did he do? Did he not do this? Was this not him? I look, this video was wild and I appreciated her explanation. Here's what I will say, if she staged it, she does not sound like a person who is ready for their close up, who's like, yes, and then blah, blah, blah. blah. She's not trying to sell us that video. She's explaining pretty calmly um, what happened. And it's funny because she knew she was being recorded. So, like, when you get a drink spilt on you, first of all, when no one's recording me and I get a drink spilt on me, my <laughs> mouth is like to the floor anyway. So, the fact that she stood there, she knows she was just dancing for her camera, you know, and then she was like, you know, capturing that moment. I can't believe this creep who's been hitting on me all night then spills a drink on me. And so I find her account incredibly believable. And I also find, you know, you see the headline of this story, you're like, okay, uh, someone just sneaks it in or takes it away. And then, but the, of course, like any good pickpocket, like any good uh, predator, causing some sort of a scene, spilling a drink, bumping into someone, and then committing the crime, uh, I think is is an incredible decoy. And you saw it there in action. And so honestly, now, and if anyone spills a drink on me, I'm like, nope, new drink. Everyone gets a new drink. Everyone around me gets a new damn drink. Yeah, I, I wanna do this. Put up the pictures of her uh, response or reaction. Um, we took the screenshots. 
Because one of the primary complaints, I will say, from those who commented was her reaction. Now, many thought she was reacting to knowledge that he had done something to the drink. Mm-hmm. No, not according to her. She was reacting to a drink being spilled on her, a totally different thing. And this response is a response out of frustration of that action, not because she had knowledge of anything happening to the drink. She did not know this until afterwards, according to her. Uh, these are allegations. At this point, once again, we invite the other side if there is one. All right? All right. We got more on the other side. Indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, Mo Fury says, I think somebody stole that lady's pants. She didn't seem to care though, so let it ride. Question mark. Uh, Red housewife, this happens to me so many times that I carry drink covers with me when I go out. So what, what do predators do? They put it on the straw, damn, that's insane. I'm so sorry that happened. Um, Spectrophonic, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Those were so found, sorry, I can't see the whole message, I apologize. Roy Dunn, he kept his eye on her like a predator. Mm. Women should be aware of the behavior, agreed, and Twitch. Jasper Katz 0407, kudos to the other guy who called him out. There you go. All right, I'm about to share with you a very sad story. There's a woman who has been charged, arrested for trying to hire a hitman to kill her own son. Her son is only three years of age. Put her picture up full mass. There's more to this story. According to court documents, Jasmine Piaz, 18 years of age out of Miami, is accused of trying to hire a hitman to kill her three-year-old son and has now been charged with first degree solicitation of murder and third degree using a communications device for unlawful use. Her Newsweek, the toddler is currently safe with relatives And the mother was given a $15,000 bond in order to stay away from the child. She has bonded out of jail. Now you may say that bond is quite low and I agree. Once again, more to the story. Investigators said they were contacted on Tuesday by a man who operates a fake hire an assassin website. This is a real thing to report that the woman had contacted the operator to arrange a murder for hire for the young child. According to police, the website website founder created the online site to catch and curb those looking to hire a killer, okay? Police said the suspect provided the address for the child and his picture to help facilitate the request. According to investigators, the woman asked that the job be completed by Thursday. Police traced the IP of the computer that was used to make the request with the website and it was the same one listed by the woman who made the request. Police went to the address and spoke to the child's grandmother who identified the child as the intended victim based on the murder request submitted online. The boy was found safe and sound 
at the residence by police. There's more. Investigators then posed as the hired hitman and conducted a conversation with the woman who confirmed the request and agreed to pay $3,000 for the murder assignment. Police then went to the woman's home and arrested her. Investigators did not speculate on a motive for the request, but said her computer browser still had the murder for hire website on it. Put up a picture again. I wanna remind you that in my description of her, I said she's 18 and she is, which means she had the child at 15. This does not, this does not negate her responsibility, nor the penalty that will come. The justice system will deal with her adequately. But it does bring up this, there's a cause and effect relationship with everything, with everything. We have legislation across this nation that abuses children legally. Let me say it this way, if you mandate an 11 year old child to bear a fetus to full term ripping up that child's body, do you not agree that that is abuse? The child has already been abused by way of a monster, okay? We let that one slide. There are plenty of so-called Christian evangelicals who won't even challenge that law nor say what it is, it's abuse. This person, this mother, she did a horrible thing. And I know I know a little something about, about somebody that's supposed to love you doing something horrible. The reality is she probably should have never had the care of this child or never should have cared for this child in the first place. She probably was not responsible enough to do so. Maybe there's a mental health issue here. We don't know for sure. That is not concluded. But cause and effect relationship permeates into things like this all the time. Unfortunately, many of us, especially those in our policy sector, elected officials, do not take the time to look under the hood. They just mm-hmm. want the car to look good. That's it. All right. It, thoughts yeah. here. They just want to lock her up. Uh, and throw away the key. And she is an 18 year old now adult. Uh, what do you think it lies ahead for her and her life? Do you think it's good? Um, my guess is it's not. Uh, and nor is it necessarily for that child. Who knows what kind of condition that, you know, there is no guarantee that the relatives of uh, the three year old are going to be, are, are a great home anyway. I mean, th- this is. It is so important to understand that the same people who tell us that yes, a 15 year old should have no choice as to whether to become a parent for the rest of their lives. They're the same people who are like, "Oh, but should we make it any easier for a 15 year old to be a parent by you know, offering expanded Medicaid, having universal health care once that Medicaid is ineligible, having any kind of home visits for doctors, like any kind of universal daycare. So a three year old who is too young to yet go into preschool could have some kind of affordable and or free care, no. We don't offer that, no state offers that. This country is so backwards when it comes to actually caring about children and families 
and mothers. So yes, what she did is awful. It is scary to think anyone would do that and what a bizarre way to fall into a very obvious honey trap for someone like just Googling assassin. It kind of is funny, but ultimately it is tragic. It is ridiculously tragic. And I do believe that our justice system needs to be better than just locking locking her up and throwing away the key. It needs to actually rehabilitate. It needs to give people hope. Yeah, and naturally we are going to follow this case. It is brand new, um, but no matter what, no matter what, for a parent to do that, it's horrible. I'm glad the three-year-old is alive. Thank God the three-year-old is alive. This is still an issue policy-wise that must be dealt with if you give a damn about life in general. All right, a GOP lawmaker is accused of biting and sexually assaulting, sexual harassing a bunch of people. Let's put it up for a mass. GOP representative Fabian Basabi, former reality TV star and considered a party socialite, attended, attended an event at the Standard Spa in Miami Beach, where he had been seated next to people unfamiliar to him, which led him to send a nasty email to hotel employees. It was one of those, you don't know who I am. So it says, and I quote, please don't ever sit next to, please don't ever sit me next to people I don't know again, Asabi said in the email which was reviewed by the Miami Herald. You must understand, I do not expect to entertain randoms. I will keep this to myself right now, but do not disrespect me again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I swear I was trying to read that with a straight face and just get through the damn commentary. But man, who, who in the hell, who do you think you are, sir? Hell is wrong with you? <laughs> All right, let's go back to the commentary. I just needed to say that get it off my chest. I can probably get through it now. I will keep this to myself right now, but do not disrespect me again. In response, one of the employees reminded him of what he says took place that night. Wasabi bit him, he claimed, saying he had a massive bloody welt and bruise on his shoulder. That's a bite. The incident at the standard which took place in 2016 is emblematic of alleged behavior by this representative out of Florida, spanning nearly two decades, a history that has come under fresh scrutiny as the first year lawmaker faces lawsuit by two staffers who claim he sexually harassed them. Earlier this year, one of the staffers said he slapped him in the face at an event, prompting a Florida House investigation that was inconclusive, slapped them at an event in the face. Two employees for the Fianna, a five star oceanfront hotel told the Herald, the same representative has been temporarily banned from the hotel on multiple occasions. According to a Miami Beach police report, the waitress said the representative bit her arm 
while she was serving him drinks in April 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a biter. <laughs> He's a biter. Um, he became verbally demanding and condescending and was demanding his black Amex card and acting erratic. That's the problem. Somebody take that damn black card away from him. <laughs> it's going to his head. All right, so uh, he bit her on the left arm and the bicep area. When police arrived, they said they saw no physical evidence of a bite and the waitress didn't want to press charges. So they issued him a trespassing warning. So let me give you some of the additional background, all right? Um, racism, the incident at the Standard and the uh, Fina Hotels weren't publicly reported, not at that time. But he burst back into the spotlight in December 2019 when Page Six reported he called publicist Tayo Otiti the N-word at an art Marcel party at the Bass Museum following a dispute about entry to the event. The representative started screaming at the top of his lungs. He was leaving as he was leaving, saying he called her the N word and other profanities. And naturally, he has denied using the N word, claiming he only said, Nice try, peasant. I'm not kidding. That, that was, he said, no, I did not call her the N word. I called her a peasant. Afterward, a spokesperson said he was no longer welcome at the museum. As part of his defense, he pointed to his friendship with the actor Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> he has been pictured with. The representative at numerous events <laughs> in South Florida. Listen, it gets even weirder. It wasn't the first time the representative had been accused of racist language in 2005. He was heard calling a group of black bouncers Negroes after he was kicked out of a Hamptons nightclub, according to reports in the New York Daily News and the New York Post. This time he admitted to using the term and apologize the next day. Telling the Daily News that he was trying to imagine the most disrespectful word to blatantly offend one person. And that he under no circumstance has ever used that word or do I believe in that word, he added. That while filming a reality TV show that aired that year. Filthy Rich, Cattle Drive, he had been with Cowboys and they used the word like every day. Oh, there's more sexual harassment claims. Now the representative faces a civil lawsuit in Leon County Circuit Court complaints filed with the US Equal Opportunity, uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and a new investigation by the Florida House into sexual harassment claims by two staffers, a legislative aide and former intern said the representative may lewd sexual comments and advances toward them, slap the aides, but without his consent, and groped and tried to kiss the intern in a car. The representative has denied those allegations and blasted one of his accusers, Nicholas Prevola, the legislative aide who also claims he slapped him in the face at an event in January, saying in a statement last month that Prevola is lazy, entitled, unscrupulous, self-involved, ungrateful, lying scum, and belongs to a special kind of hell. 
Revelot 25 is accusing the representative of defamation for the statement saying in his lawsuit that it was made in clear retaliation against a young public employee who dared to make a complaint. The hell is going on in Florida? This man has been basically ripping Florida apart for 20 damn years. And many of us are just hearing about his shenanigans, obviously. They put a lot of this together, but I guarantee you there's more that we have not been exposed to. This is what he thought on this. I mean, I would like to refer you to his lawyer, the honorable. Cuba Gooding Jr., of course, <laughs> will be. Good I swear, he's got a few photos with him, so he's not racist. He just carries around that with like Cuba has no idea, right? He's just got like photos of him in his wallet. Like, see, I'm not racist. Look at me. Right. Um, this is like again, Florida, Miami. What are you doing? Clean up your trash. If you're gonna insist on being a red state, that's fine. You have every right to elect yeah. Republicans, but the kind of trash you elect, right? Okay, we thought Matt Gates was bad. We thought his boy, what is it, Joel Greenberg or whatever, that that was bad, and all like do, giving people traffic stops and then sexually harassing them and all that. Like, no, 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 no. You guys have way worse problems. Um, so this is just like such GOP Miami trash. Like, yeah. And and what's so sad, Dr. Richie, is that like. That Miami trash, that like Florida GOP, just like, you know, again, tacky, like racist trash. That's like, there's like electors that the entire presidential, you know, uh, like people who decide presidents, like they're riding on that state. Like we're all, meanwhile, here in California, uh, 40, 50 million of us, right, don't get the same representation. Um, It's just, it's insane to me that um, so much rides on that state. Yeah, I agree. And um, the way he's going, he's going to end up being the governor of Florida. Yeah. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. Good to be with you. Um, we do have comments. We're kind of pressed for time, sir. Can't read them all, I can read uh, just a few, all right? I will appreciate everybody. Okay, uh, Craig Craig Souffle, take a bite out of GOP slime. <laughs> um, Mo Fear says, I am from Nashville and here we learn that the only proper response to anyone who says, don't you know who I am? No, but I bet you're gonna tell. <laughs> that's right, that's how you respond. Uh, C. Michael Henson, thank you again, C. Michael. Dr. Richie, I just knew that you were going to say she hired a hitman on her husband. But when you said a son, I know. I know. Uh, and Archie 15, he was he has watched Scarface way too many times. <laughs> I actually thought the same thing. I said, man, this guy is a character everywhere. But he's been doing it for 20 years, so basically it's him now. Okay. CMT, country music television, guess what? They had to pull a country song singer because of racist overtones. Don't say, let's put it up full mass. Now, let me give you the background. Country music television has pulled a music video for the song. Try that in a small town by the country music superstar 
Jason Alden. The video was shot in front of the Maury County Courthouse in Columbia. This is important, this is Columbia, Tennessee. That site where the video was shot is famous for the 1927 mob lynching of Henry Choate, who was a 18 year old black male. Let me read some of the lyrics. So according to this country music star, sucker punch somebody on the sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think that's you think it's cool? Well, act like a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stump on a flag, light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. Okay, that's one part. Let's go to part two. Well, try that in a small town, see how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long. For you to find out, I recommend you don't try that in a small town. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day, they're gonna round up. Well, that's mighty fly in the city, good luck. There's another one. Try that in a small town, see how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town, full of good old boys raised up right if you're looking for a fight. Also, he issued a statement on Twitter. In the past 25 hours, I have been accused of releasing pro-lynching song, song that has been out since May and was subject to the comparison that I direct quote, was not too pleased with the nationwide Black Lives Matter protest. These references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. And there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation, of a song with music, this one goes too far. Sir, you did your video at the site of a major murder that was race related against a young black teenager. The statement continues, try that in a small town for me, refers to the feeling of a community that I had growing up where we took care of our neighbors regardless of differences a background or belief because they were our neighbors. And that was above any differences. My political views have never been something I've hidden from. And I know that a lot of us in this country don't agree on how we get back to a sense of normalcy where we go at least a day without a headline that keeps us up at night. But the desire for it too, that's what this song is about. However, fellow country singer Margot Price called out um, the time Jason dressed in blackface for Halloween. Sir, that's pretty racist. So Margot Price, a colleague, just popping on here to say Jason is a clown. <laughs> what else do y'all expect from a man who wore blackface in 2015? <laughs> Jason defended it at the time with an interview on Billboard. Let's put it up. He said about blackface, in this day and age, people are so sensitive that no matter what you do, somebody's going to make a big deal out of it. Me doing that has zero malicious intent. I get that race is a touchy subject, 
But not everybody's that way. Media tends to make a big deal out of things. If that was disrespectful to anyone, I by all means apologize. That was never my intention. It never crossed my mind. End quote. From 2015 to 2019, it's insane. He wore a Confederate flag shirt on stage that same year. A purportedly official Jason Tour shirt was included that included the Confederate flag was available to purchase online. The Confederate flag is racist. He also wore an Alabama shirt with the Confederate flag on it in 2019. News reports from 2015 and 2017 suggest his association with the flag goes back years earlier. I got to say this, sir, the the narrative that you have presented does not align with the behavior you engage in. When other country music artists are literally calling you racist AF and you're still defending your racism without any acknowledgement directly to black people at all. Sir, you may want to check yourself in the mirror. All right, thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that sucks about racists is that they're also so dumb. You know, like they are dumb, dumb, dumb. They're like, oh, I'm, I didn't know the N word was racist. What do you, slavery that existed? Like, there's just, you're like, what do you mean? Like, well, there were separate drinking fountains. You're just like, as they have like two drinking fountains in their own home. Um, this is, okay, first of all, let's just, let's just take the the song, try that in a small town. What he's pointing out in each of those instances in those lyrics is different instances of petty crime, right? Like uh, holding up a liquor store, robbing at this, at that, like, oh, stomping on American flag. Like my guess is, and it seems like the video would suggest he's basically talking about anywhere that's the so-called inner city. And he's also doing a little hat tip to BLM as in, I hate BLM, you should not disrespect the police. The police are only kind to me, I they are my friends. They let me go when I'm drunk driving, you know, and all the other things. So like he is ultimately saying, and this is how insidious this is. He's ultimately saying what happened in this courthouse outside of the, or outside of this landmark years and years in 1927, actually not that long ago. Um, that was perfectly justified. An 18 year old probably was lynched, lost his life over doing something as petty as the things that you're discussing in your very uh, uh, song, right? Yeah. So not well. only, like you're basically saying we should do, bring that back. Do more of that to people who stomp on a flag. Yeah, yeah. Death to people who stomp on a flag. Death to people who rob a store. Uh, I'm sorry, we live in a democracy. There's a justice system here. That's not how it works, but that's what lynchings and racists do and have always advocated for. Yeah, and what he's trying to do also, he's trying to talk code and frame individuals in a particular way that suggests that the majority of that culture does this. And that is what I'm talking about. And it's insane because even that is completely patently false. All right, Georgia restaurant worker, a Georgia restaurant worker says she was called the N word damn near every day. Let's put up the restaurant full mask, we have the background. According to court documents obtained by Atlanta Black Star, Rashonda Walden, a black woman filed a racial discrimination lawsuit 
on July 18th after she says she was repeatedly called the N-word while working at the Flying Fish Bar and Grill in Savannah, Georgia. According to the lawsuit, 43-year-old Walden alleges she was called the N-word on a near daily basis by two white female employees at the Wilmington Island Seafood Establishment owned by Robin, not pictured, and Michael McMahon or McMohan, pictured after being hired on April 14th. Walden contends that while she worked at the restaurant as a food runner, she was repeatedly called the N-word at uh, by a 17-year-old server named McKenzie, as well as by Jennifer, the general manager and McKenzie's aunt. The duo also called Walden girl on multiple occasions. McKenzie LNU hurled racial slurs at Miss Walden on virtually every shift they worked together, frequently referring to Miss Walden as a N-word and belittling her with comments like, you need to do this N-word, you don't know what you are doing. And you need to do this little girl, her complaint says, Walden was the only black woman employed at the restaurant and one of five black people in the or at the establishment. On April 21st, Walden claims that the general manager yelled at her, you N-word, you need to listen. After she asked some servers to help her run food to a large party. On April 29th, McKenzie reportedly called Walden the N-word again. Walden complained to the owner. The owner, she also asked to be excused for the rest of the day after requesting that the owner do something about the hostile work conditions. The 43 year old also claimed that she was subjected to racist treatment in front of customers and was overheard by Mick Mahon. Mahon. She also noted that the other black employees were called the N word by McKenzie, who said, quote, I don't care about y'all N words. After Walden complained to another manager who was black, she was warned not to complain. Well, there lies your problem. Um, so she went to a higher authority, it's called the courts. And now this is all in front of the world. Could have had an actual remedy at the establishment, did your job as a manager and Probably some level of remedy may have happened, but no, you all decided not to, including the black manager who decided to say, uh, just, you know, just don't make any complaints. Let me say this to the owners, y'all are gone, y'all are lost. To the black manager who said that, let me remind you of something. I don't know who took your dignity, maybe it was the people you work for, but damn it, don't trick people into thinking they can treat other black folks like that. Because when you allow that kind of treatment, you then teach them how to treat everybody who looks like you. The reason why this woman was receiving the kind of treatment she received is because you allowed it to happen to you. And so they assumed it could happen and would happen with everyone else. But damn it, she filed a lawsuit good for her. She's standing up for herself. We'll bring updates as they come. Just no, just some thoughts here. No, I think this is the right course of action. I mean, again, the 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 
the idea that in the year 2023, these things still happen to employees um, is tells you all you need to know. Uh, white supremacist culture pervades in every single uh, nook and cranny and, and crappy restaurant. Uh, and people who think that racism is dead and gone and we don't need to learn about it or anything. No, 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 it exists and people deserve what is theirs. They should not be forced to work in that situation, nor should they be forced to quit in that situation because then they are out of a job. So uh, these are the kind of lawsuits um, we need to keep on bringing to make sure that we do not gut the civil rights that have been hard fought for and won and on the backs of which we all benefit and stand in this country. Very well said. Francesca, tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, thanks so much. Follow me on all the things at Franny Fio on all the socials and also listen to the Bituation Room podcast Tuesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, after this show. After That's this right. Show. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for all you yes. do. Thank all you. Right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable has been named the fastest growing news TV show in the United States of America. Compared to all shows on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and roughly 30 others. What do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Donald Trump radicalized citizens. He's the chief terrorist. Republicans still want you to think that critical race theory is the greatest evil that can happen in K through 12 education. It's not even taught. I guarantee you this, David, if he would have taken a knee during the national anthem to bring awareness to the need for more money for cancer research in America, he would not have had that response. It was I the agree. fact that he took a knee for black folk and brown folk. You rather pick the voters because you're scared of the voters picking the politicians. It frightens you, but we coming. When you are in a privileged position, equality looks like oppression to you. The Karenicity runs deep in this one. We provide a mirror, a mirror for reflection and a mirror for correction. So what if I have 35? Don't hit me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Let's put up the graphic of this Karen in peak performance. Boom. They want anarchy so they can start creating their own rules. Can you share with me some examples? When they were running around during the terrorist attack on January 6th saying hang Mike Pence. So those are the people I'm talking about, that's a problem, correct? You work for Mike Pence, stand up for the guy. Do not allow the ideology of politics to evaporate the humanity that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, so I won't stop. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reformed in this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.